welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fassett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy. Here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. This is Gemma, and I am so happy to be here with you today. I had this little epiphany this morning uh, that it could be... Uh, people have not, I mean, I I just thought of this. It was like an epiphany for me. So when I think about my day, when I think about my life, when I think about like, you know, like if I was um, really taking notice of my day moment to moment and I had like a scale and I could weigh like, is this moment one of unconditional love or is this moment other, other than unconditional love? Now, what I would be seeing for myself is how much of my day is real and how much of my day is illusion. And illusion, I, I think illusion is what you recognize when you hear people talk about like they had a near death experience or they had, you know, they died and they came back or they um, almost died and they saw their life flash before their eyes. I think the only moments that we are going to like see are the ones of unconditional love. And I can, for myself, it's almost like I can have this experience just thinking about it, like I can almost just imagine it, where we would see all of the other, the not unconditional love moments, as we could have done differently, as something lacking, as a big gap you know, a huge gap. Like, so if I was say depressed for three years, I'd see that as like a gap of three years where I didn't live. I didn't experience, you know, like, I mean, you're experiencing depression. Yes. But it's like at our fingertips is this idea of unconditional love, but we've lived in a reality where it's given no value. It, it doesn't have value. And the reason it's been given no value is because it doesn't serve, it doesn't serve others. It it, it doesn't serve those who want to control. Um, It actually takes you out of the equation. Now that's really cool. So, um, wow, It, it is so empowering for someone to do unconditional love. It is so self-empowering. It is so magnificent that no one can pull a fast one. No one can manipulate you. No one can uh, affect you with judgment, affect you. No one can, you know, we, parents manipulate their children to do what they wanted them to do. Even if it isn't serving the highest good of all or in alignment with that child's own truth, you know, there's this idea of pushing and the same thing with teachers. And, and then we got government and we got all these different layers of authority. But if someone is in their alignment, in their uh, frequency of unconditional love, 
they would never step outside of the highest good for all, no matter what, no matter what. So it's, that is how it is massively empowering because we don't go with the status quo just because we don't, we don't, um, pander to fears because, uh, we want to be liked or, uh, we can, we can be part of a group that way. We're not ruffling feathers, you know, like by agreeing or going along with, um, other people's agendas and fears and whatnot. So yeah, this is huge. And, uh, if you can sit down and think like, are you washing dishes from a place of unconditional love? Or are you angry at the people who left the dirty dishes? Are you disciplining your child in a place of unconditional love? Which, by the way, resembles teaching and compassion um, rather than guilt and shame. Uh, so are you disciplining from unconditional love your children? Are you going to work in a frequency of unconditional love? Are you doing your emails from a place of unconditional love? Are you paying your bills from a place of unconditional love? Do you clean your house in a state of unconditional love? Do you do your shopping from a place of unconditional love? And if you did, what would that look like? You know, it probably wouldn't look like uh, grabbing a parking spot from under someone, honking at pedestrians to get out of the way. Um, it wouldn't look like stress or overwhelm. It wouldn't judge. Love does not judge. So I love this reminder because I have done all of these things at times in a place of unconditional love and I know what the difference is. I feel the difference. I feel the difference. And this is why I cannot say it enough that inspired action is how to do everything. Inspired action. And if you feel obliged to do something that you don't feel inspired to do, then at least ask for the inspired action on how to show up on purpose, how to show up in unconditional love because you will get an answer for that. So if, you know, I've used this ex example in the past of doing your taxes isn't, isn't something you, you feel you're ever gonna get inspired action to do, then how do I show up on purpose to, to do this by such and such a day? How do I show up on purpose to do this today? I don't usually aim that far in advance. I don't make plans to do things tomorrow or the next day, very seldom unless I'm scheduling with a friend, but, I don't, I don't do my own personal lineup that way. I do moment to moment. Like this moment, this morning, I was inspired to do my podcast like an hour earlier. And, and then I already, I already feel the calling of what's after that and what's after that. I feel like, a, like I'm being um, just like uh, escorted escorted. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. I don't even have to think of it. I'm just excited. It's like, yes. And you know, when I was a child, I was escorted a lot as a child. Uh, I did not make my own decisions, but I made the most of the decisions made for me. 
you know so uh this is very much like that in the sense that our higher selves are the ones that are inspiring us what to do next and our body is the tool for understanding that we can feel yes and no in our bodies it's simply delightful yes and i was inspired last night to make a canasta date for me and Bella with Ursula at 10 a.m. And I'm so excited. This is gonna be Bella learning canasta. I think, I don't think I taught her canasta before. So she's gonna be learning it for the first time. I'm really excited about that. And, uh, whew, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is so, it's just so yum right? Life is yum when we do it from a place of love and when we live in a loving way. You know, my first husband and I, we, uh, we, you know, we, we, we were like children in a lot of ways and we knew we had this baggage from our childhoods, you know, which we, we were doing as best we could, right? We weren't like out of control over it or anything like that, but we, we were being, as adult as possible about understanding our, you know, our, our tra trauma from our childhood, stuff like that. But, um, we were, we made a point to be very kind to each other and we did have our moments where we disagreed on things, but we never used our names. We always called each other love and sweetheart and, um, you know, just terms of endearment. That's all we used. We were together for seven years and that's what we used for each other. And I got to tell you, terms of endearment are so powerful that even when we went to get divorced, there was so much love that there was um, confusion with the people at the courthouse on why we were getting divorced. Like, because they could see that much love between us. But our love between us was there to serve the highest good of all. And at that point in our lives, our journeys were taking separate paths. Even though we would remain friends and love each other and, and, and help each other, our paths were so divergent that we had to release each other from that contract. Now, that is unconditional love, right? We didn't have to hold on to each other to prove that we loved each other. It's very fascinating, but the terms of endearment, my gosh, that is like my thing. I use them on my darling Bellamina. I love her so much. And when we are using terms of endearment, the desire to like just immerse in that yumminess is there. I use terms of endearment with my art students and it's what, it's what comes up in a sense like it brings love to the surface and in bringing love to the surface, it makes it so easy to teach on point rather than pushing or dragging. It's, it's just lifting and, and sharing is what it becomes. It's so, so exquisite. <sighs> this is a, a beautiful day. Valentine's Day is coming soon, although I will remind you, if you're listening to this any other time of the year, just know you can actually have a second Valentine's Day. I do this with my daughter. 
Uh, we have multiple birthdays a year and it is, there is always like we can make up reasons to celebrate and especially celebrating love and each other. It's just have a out of season Valentine's, you know, go for it. I, I'm, I'm so for that. You have no idea. You can get chocolate any time of year. You can get flowers any time of year. Um, I received a bouquet of flowers yesterday. It's so beautiful. And uh, life is just really rich right now. So how are you seeing your life if you have scales? Say you're, you've got your hands palm up and you've got one hand weighing unconditional love and you have one way, hand weighing other. Notice I said other. All right, so unconditional love in one hand and other. And just think about your day. And are you able to feel unconditional love showing up in aspects of your day? And well, there's always other. (laughs) There's always other. Uh, But can you see where you can improve? Can you see where you can begin to tip these scales so that you have more unconditional love showing up? You know, what would that look like? And, you know, for some people, this is like a new idea, a new concept. And I will say this. If you want to make the shift, pepper your relationships with terms of endearment. Make often moments available for petting, kissing, or snuggling your pet or child. Because this will up your frequency. You know, uh, if you're snuggling... um, your dog and it's time to set the table, it will pivot your frequency so that setting the table has the opportunity, much more opportunity to be done out of love than other. And what does other look like for setting the table? It might look like resentment. Resentment that it falls on your shoulders to do it when you made dinner and you're doing all the cleanup. It might look like, um, hmm, well, resentment would be a good one might look like anger. You know, there's different levels of of the fear. It shows up in all these different frequencies. So we can catch ourselves now and we can bless. And I had a friend tell me once that, and she, oh my God, so beautiful. Oh my God, my friend Bernadette, so beautiful. Such a gorgeous soul. She's like an angel. And she ran a bed and breakfast and she told me that every sheet she folded, she would put... It's going to make me cry. She put a prayer in the sheets for the guests that were going to sleep on those sheets. And I just think, imagine that. Imagine like folding your your kids' clothes and putting like these prayers in them. That's frequency, people. Frequency, it's frequency of love. And we notice frequency of love in food when we eat it because it tastes so good. And we notice frequency of love when strangers do kind things for us we feel it and we even it even goes so far and it was a movie or some some story where this was the case where it showed that an act of love creates more of itself so if someone does an act of love to you you will be inclined to do an act of love to the next person how exciting is that how exciting Mm. So, oh, and you know what? That makes me remember this one act of love. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. 
I had just gone to set up for an art show, I mean, doing face painting, and I went to the 7-Eleven to grab a coffee for, for just treating myself. I was so excited to treat myself. And uh, the lady in front of me had this like frequent, I don't know, frequent coffee person club card. And I was like, ooh, I wish I had a frequent coffee club card because I could get a discount on my coffee. And um, I was standing behind her and I was just thinking that. And it made, that thought made me feel like really yummy. You know, like it just, I just was feeling so good. And I was like radiating, you know, fun and yumminess. I was excited. And then, you know, I said hi to her. And out of the blue, she paid for my coffee. And I was right behind, she just paid for my coffee. So this is what I'm talking about. It's like, let's radiate love and let's affect our lives. We were told this had no value. And now I'm telling you, it is the only thing of value. It's the only thing. When you die or have a near-death experience and you look back, if you are doing your life in a state of unconditional love, you will have zero regrets. I guarantee it. Absolutely guarantee it. You will not fear death. You will have no regrets. You will, you will just be happy, happy. And you will know that the highest good of all is being served, was served by your life, is being served by your death, is being served by your life. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And check out your life. See what you can updo to unconditional love. This is a good moment for that. An excellent moment. You know I love you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.